So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. The first of many bands of rain is on the way. I'll show you the hours they start, how your morning commute is shaping up, and who's under a level one storm risk. North Carolina is ramping up its plans for offshore wind energy. How people living here at the coast are reacting tonight. Then, a Jim Crow era voter test still in the state's constitution. WREL explains why and how you might be able to help remove the racist rule. Right now at 7, we're going to track some unsettled weather for you over the next 48 hours. The system is heading our way, and it's already producing some severe storms. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Dan Haggerty. You'll likely wake up to some heavy rain tomorrow and some storms possible through Friday. Meteorologist Kat Campbell in the WRL Severe Weather Center with a more specific timeline on this threat. And it's going to come in waves. The first wave tomorrow morning, it could be some heavy rain for the early morning risers. A 90% chance at 5, 6 a.m. Definitely grab the umbrella before you head out of your house tomorrow. And we keep in some scattered showers through the morning commute tomorrow. Perhaps an isolated rumble of thunder, but the severe weather threat is really greater to our west tomorrow. So let's take a look at tonight. We're dry through this evening and tonight. The rain will not move in until after midnight. By 3 a.m., a few showers possible and the rain becomes more widespread and heavier by 5, 6 a.m. Can't rule out an isolated rumble of thunder tomorrow, but the bulk of this is going to be rain through the morning commute, and we see that rain backing off by lunchtime, and some scattered showers could return a bit later on in the evening and at night. We're watching Friday closely as a line of thunderstorms is likely to push in from the west. Could be severe in the western part of North Carolina. Some weakening is possible as it moves in, but we're going to take a more in-depth look at the severe weather threat for Friday coming up. Things could ramp up. All right, Kat, thanks. North North Carolina's coast could soon have wind turbines right on the horizon. Today, the state announced an offshore wind agreement with Denmark. The partnership will help bring turbine farms about 20 miles off the coast. Along with clean energy, this could bring thousands of jobs and then billions of dollars in investment to North Carolina. WRL's Kenan Willard shows us how some coastal communities are reacting to the new plan. The state says it's full steam ahead for offshore wind, being the future of North Carolina's energy needs. But some people living here on the coast have questions about the impact it'll have here. Another step forward. State leaders say Denmark is an offshore wind success story, with their turbines generating around half the country's power. They say the partnership will bring new resources to North Carolina's pursuit of offshore wind. Economic development and environmental stewardship go hand in hand in the transition to a clean energy economy. NC Commerce says offshore wind could be a $140 billion industry on the East Coast. Right now, three areas off the North Carolina coast are cleared for turbine farms. Wilmington East and West off Brunswick County and Kitty Hawk in the Northeast, which could start construction by 2026. The state's also looking to build up the industry on land. I don't see how this is true. There's this, this, this beach is completely packed all summer. Last year, North Carolina budgeted $20 million to possibly develop offshore wind infrastructure on Radio Island, a popular beach area near Moorhead City. 
The state is studying the environmental impact of the project through the end of this year. We're going to lose a lot of people that come down here every summer. Tourism concerns are also present in Brunswick County. NC Charter Fishing Captain's President Kane Faircloth worries the turbine farms will be visible from shore, potentially driving people to vacation elsewhere. We're risking a lot of very profitable, very good paying jobs here in North Carolina in a way of life for uh, for a vast unknown and, and, and very little to gain. We took those concerns to the state, which says they're planning to build with tourism in mind. Frankly, at the distances that we're talking about, 20 plus miles from the shore at their closest location, you cannot see that equipment even on a beautiful, clear day. Faircloth also says his organization's research found turbine farms could pose a threat to ocean ecosystems. In response, state leaders say they'll focus on building responsibly off the coast. With that investment can come tens of thousands of good and family-sustaining wage jobs to support North Carolinians across the state. Keenan Willard, WRL News. Medical marijuana is another step closer to legalization in North Carolina. The state Senate gave it final approval today following broad support in an early vote Tuesday. Doctors could prescribe marijuana to people with cancer, PTSD, Crohn's disease, Parkinson's and more if the bill passes the full legislature and Governor Roy Cooper signs off. The bill now goes to the state house. That's where last year's medical marijuana bill stalled, despite bipartisan support in the Senate. But this year, supporters say its chances are looking better. North Carolina voters could get another chance to repeal a Jim Crow era voter test from the state's constitution. Today, a bill to remove a literacy test for voters won a unanimous vote in the House Judiciary Committee. The requirement is already unenforceable because of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. If this new bill passes, it would go on the ballot in North Carolina in 2024. WRL's Capitol Bureau Chief Laura Leslie explains why some lawmakers are concerned about it. North Carolina wasn't the only state to adopt a Jim Crow literacy test for voting, but we were the only state to try to remove it and fail. Supporters of a repeal hope this time will be different. In 1899, after the Wilmington race riots, North Carolina put a literacy test into its constitution to keep black people from registering to vote. Representative Kelly Alexander said it was applied very subjectively. Anybody who has to approach a registrar is required to read a section of the Constitution to the satisfaction of that registrar. The Federal Voting Rights Act overturned that requirement and the U.S. Supreme Court threw it out. But in 1970, North Carolina voters refused to remove it from the Constitution. It was a big black eye for the state. Ever since, lawmakers have declined to put it on the ballot again for fear of a repeat. Certainly would be an embarrassment for the state. Andy Jackson with the Locke Foundation supports the bill and expects it to pass. But he warned lawmakers it wouldn't be a slam dunk. The polling numbers are close. He said it has to be carefully worded so voters understand why it should be repealed. If you just read it, it looks innocuous. It's just like, like people have to read. And a lot of folks think, you know, that might be a reasonable standard. I and mean, we could debate whether or not it is. But certainly the way it was applied was clearly racist and was clearly used to take the votes away from black folks. Alexander has filed this bill every session for more than a decade. He's optimistic it'll pass this time. We have to recognize that we're in a different place uh, in history. Uh, that the dynamics in the state are, are, are different and that 
all of the political parties benefit. If it's approved by both the Senate and the House, the amendment would be on the ballot in the fall 2024 election. Laura Leslie, WRAL News, Raleigh. North Carolina State Senator Rachel Hunt just announced she will run for lieutenant governor next year, the daughter of former four-term governor Jim Hunt. The senator is a Charlotte Democrat. She joins an already crowded field in this race. Hunt says she's running to bring, quote, honor and integrity back to the office since current Republican Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson took over. Robinson, who is expected to run for governor in 2024, is very popular among Republicans, but has been denounced by his opponents for his comments about sex education in schools that critics say disparage LGBTQ people. A new study from Duke shows Durham police are almost three times more likely to make an arrest in a homicide than a shooting where no one died. Between 2017 and 2021, police made an arrest in 46% of fatal shootings. In that same time, police made arrests in only 16% of non-fatal shootings. Duke professor and study co-author Dr. Philip Cook says there are multiple reasons why homicides are more likely to be solved. He says those investigators have more resources and more evidence is collected. In a fatal shooting, witnesses are more likely to work with police. That's absolutely important for the public to cooperate and to tell the police what they know, starting uh, with telling the police, notifying the police that there has been a shooting. Durham Police Chief Patrice Andrews says the department is using this data to improve its arrest rate. They've recently reorganized the Criminal Investigations Division, giving high priority to non-fatal shooting cases. 79 firefighters were diagnosed with cancer in North Carolina last year. Eight of those firefighters lost their lives to the disease. Right now, firefighters are pushing for change. They're claiming the gear that's meant to protect them is actually making them sick. They blame this on so-called forever chemicals. Today, a group took their fight for change to a national meeting in Durham. WRL's Destiny Patterson walks us through their demands. I was here when a fire call came through and they were out the door in about a minute. These fire crews are quick to put their lives on the line to save others. And now they're demanding equipment that protects them and their families. When a fire emergency happens, Durham firefighters are ready in minutes. While we may think the fire itself is the biggest hazard, we've learned that the very gear meant to protect them is also doing the exact opposite. It's killing us. A 2020 study published by Environmental Science and Technology Letters found that cancer-causing PFAs, also known as forever chemicals, are in the gear firefighters wear nearly every day. In simplest terms is the particles in PFAS are so fine that they just absorb through the gear into our skin and into our bloodstream. It will never, ever be enough until we rid our gear of PFAS, the forever chemical that is killing our people. In order to get new gear, the National Fire Protection Association would need to change its regulations. Based on the current standards, the gear must pass tests involving ultraviolet light. Until the standard is changed, the alternative won't be produced. The only approved fabric is made with these forever chemicals. Our firefighters are tired of being guinea pigs. They say they'll continue to serve their communities. But they want to know that the standards in place actually protect them from the dangers that can't be seen. We will continue to do our jobs. We don't have a choice. We need gear that's going to keep us safe and not kill us. 
Ultimately, they say they want protective gear with proper information on any associated health risks. You can find their full list of demands on WREL.com. Destiny Patterson, WREL News, Durham. New tonight, a popular Durham restaurant is closing its doors. Jack Tarr and the Colonel's Daughter posted the news on social media today. The Southern Restaurant will close March 12th after five years. The Post goes on to say they will miss their customers the most. Still ahead, federal authorities say they intercepted a man trying to take a live explosive onto a plane. How they discovered the device, which they say posed a significant risk to passengers, coming up. Plus, Homeland Security has seized 15 times as much fentanyl in the Carolinas last year compared to 2020. WRL's data trackers look into what happens to those drugs once they're taken off the street. Welcome back right now at 714. Some breaking news out of Chicago to tell you about. These are live pictures coming out inside of a hospital where we're getting word that an officer has passed away after being shot here this evening. You can see the massive police presence right there. Our NBC affiliate in Chicago, WMAQ, confirming that the Chicago police officer was shot and, in fact, died there on the southwest side. No information right now on the suspect or suspects involved in all of this. We are following this breaking story out of Chicago tonight. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. Closing arguments are underway in the Alec Murdoch trial. Today, jurors visited the family property where his wife and son were found murdered. The property is known as Moselle. Jurors had the opportunity to see the barn and dog kennel. The defense requested the visit to give the jurors a sense of the space where Maggie and Paul Murdoch were, were found dead. Murdoch faces life in prison without parole if convicted. A Pennsylvania man is accused of trying to take a live explosive device on a flight in his checked baggage. Officials say 40-year-old Mark Muffley was heading, from, oh, heading to Florida from Lehigh Valley International Airport. An alarm went off during his TSA screening, so officers did a physical search of his bag. And that's when they found the device hidden in the lining of the luggage. The FBI says the explosive posed a significant risk to the aircraft and the passengers. Muffley was later arrested after leaving the airport. He will appear in court tomorrow. Eight people a day die from overdoses in our state. Now, we've reported extensively on the fentanyl and opioid crisis. Now, WRL's investigative data journalist, Ali Ingersoll, continues her relentless coverage on the topic, now finding out what exactly law enforcement does after they confiscate these drugs. Thousands of North Carolinians die every year from overdoses. As you can see, more than 300 families this year are already mourning the loss of loved ones due to the crisis. People in every county in the state and every corner of the country have been affected by it. Last year, Homeland Security investigations seized more than 15,000 times the amount of fentanyl in the Carolinas than they did in 2020. I received an email from someone who asked, well, what happens to all of the, f the fentanyl? So we asked, and HSI told me that they burn it in the incinerator along with other drugs and evidence. When we spoke with the federal agency, they noted that as the amount seized increased, so did the number of people who died. So it's unknown just how much fentanyl is circulating around the state. More than 70% of people who overdosed and died last year had fentanyl in their system, according to DHHS data. And in January, there were nearly 800 emergency department visits linked to opioid overdoses. Provisional state data shows that about 150 of them were fentanyl, or about one in five were linked to fentanyl. For WRL News, Ellie Ingersoll. Now, of course, as our coverage on this topic continues, if you have questions, please 
Reach out at investigates at WRAL.com. Our team of specialists will find you the answer. A small electric vehicle maker will start taking orders in North Carolina. Arkimoto makes these vehicles that look like a three-wheeled golf cart. They are street legal. The company says they can be used for delivery drivers, emergency responders, or for a daily commute. Orders are now open for North Carolina. Arkimoto expects to start deliveries in the next few months. You better get some doors on those things. Yeah, uh, maybe right. some curtains or something if yeah. you're going to commute with one to work tomorrow. Meteorologist Kat Campbell joining us because we got some rain in the forecast. Yeah. I think those would be good to get around the neighborhood this weekend and when we've got the sunshine. But we've got rain in the forecast for the next two days. Tomorrow morning, before you leave the house, grab your umbrella, grab your raincoat. You're going to need one or the other. 75 the high by Friday, and then temperatures fall over the weekend. At least falling temperatures comes with falling rain chances. High temperatures in the 60s should finally be beautiful during the weekend. So go ahead and make some outdoor plans. Tomorrow and Friday, you may run into some issues, though, in the form of rain. We have this rain on the way and this is actually producing some storms for areas to our west closer to Arkansas, Mississippi up into Tennessee. For us, we're going to be watching for some rain to move in tonight into tomorrow morning, but the timeline to watch for any severe storms for us would be on Friday. Tomorrow, it's a significant threat for severe weather, a level four out of five risk in red here. Over 38 million people are at risk of tornadoes, damaging wind gusts and large hail. But by the time the same storm system moves east on Friday, it's going to arrive here late Friday evening into Friday night. So we're going to have limited energy in the atmosphere to work with at that time. The western part of the state where the storms arrive a bit earlier in the afternoon and evening, that's where there's a better chance of some strong winds and storms, a level two risk. For the Sand Hills areas to the west in yellow, for the Triangle, level one out of five risk, and that threat continues to quickly decrease as you head to the east. So I encourage you check in for an update later on tonight at 10 and 11. We'll have a brand new run of future cast in for you so you can get a better feel for the storm threat on Friday. But I'll show you our latest thinking here on the latest run of future cast for the afternoon. We do have a warm front that's going to be lifting north through the area early in the day on Friday, so we will have the chance for some showers early on Friday. Then we could see some clearing into the afternoon. We're going to watch that very closely. Any sunshine that's able to pop out would help to increase the amount of energy in the atmosphere. And then here comes the line of thunderstorms. This model running the fastest of all of our models out there. So to put that into perspective, and we've got these storms moving through the triad, Charlotte closer to five o'clock during the evening commute. We could see some storms as early as six o'clock in the western part of our viewing area. Again, I want to stress this is kind of the earliest scenario. Eight o'clock potentially around Raleigh and Fayetteville, but notice how that line of storms just falls apart as it continues to move to the east. The energy quickly going down in the atmosphere after sunset. So keep checking in for updates on Friday's severe threat out there tonight. Nothing severe. A live look from the WRL Fayetteville newsroom. It's been a nice night. Fayetteville, you had 78 for the high this afternoon. You still have dry time. So if you've got to run outside and do anything tonight, we're not expecting the rain to really move in until 3 a.m. and beyond. But tomorrow morning, it's going to be a messy start to the day, especially if you've got a very early morning commute. You may want to leave a little extra time as you're heading out the door. Some of that rain could be heavy early on tomorrow morning morning. We see some scattered showers during the day before rain fills back in tomorrow night into Friday. That final band possible Friday evening and Friday night before dry weather returns for the weekend. Low temperatures fall back into the 40s, but they're trending a little warmer out of the 30s for the end of the weekend. The weekend looks great. Kat, thank you. 
Still ahead, you may have seen some hand-painted rocks popping up in the triangle. Well, now we know the story behind them. Who's leaving these little acts of kindness all over the area and why? Coming up. That's quite the shot, don't you think? That's one of our tower cams, the one in southeast Wake County. Beautiful shot of the lights below. Well, you can now drink alcohol on the streets of Garner in designated areas. There's a new downtown social district. It started today. It's going to be open from noon until 10, except uh, each night, except Sunday when it'll end at five. There will be signs showing you the entrance and the exit of the social district, so you'll know where you're allowed to bring your beverage. Raleigh, Durham and Fayetteville already have social districts like this. They become very popular. Um, yeah. I've yet to visit one, <laughs> so uh, if you know what they're like, let me know. I, maybe I should check it out. There's a group of senior citizens. They've made it their mission to spread kindness all over Raleigh and beyond. The senior citizens of Walton Wood Assisted Living on Lake Boone Trail are behind the gestures. They've spread more than 3,000 acts of kindness this month alone. And if you've seen a hand-painted kindness rock at a nearby park or trail, it might just be from them. WRL News had a visit from them last week with colorful rocks spread around our Azalea Garden. The group hopes their actions spread a little joy to those who really need it. When I saw one, it spread some joy to me. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, a pretty, it, was, it was very sweet. Makes you smile. Falcon 9 is clear for takeoff. The SpaceX and NASA set to launch a joint mission to the International Space Station just after midnight. The first attempt for the Crew 6 team on Monday was scrubbed minutes before blastoff. A clogged ground filter caused the faulty reading. I don't know what that means either, but I know the issue has been fixed. And the new launch is scheduled for 12.34 a.m., weather permitting. They're very specific, 12.34. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A spectacular light show over Alaska was caught on camera. This is truly incredible. This video captured the green and red light show over Anchorage early Monday morning. The video was of the northern lights, and it was posted on Twitter. It has since been viewed more than 82,000 times with thousands of retweets and likes. It's just amazing. Also known as Aurora Borealis. The show can be seen when particles from a solar flare collide with molecules molecules in the atmosphere. How is that real? I mean, it's that's a bucket list for everybody, right? To see absolutely. that with their own eyes. It's so beautiful. Gorgeous. Mm. Thank, thank you so much for being with us tonight. See you at 10 and 11. Good night. Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.